Welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom, and this week it was the turn of US comedian and filmmaker Stephen Allen Green to help us trawl through the week's tweets. It was great to catch up with Steve, who I met in Edinburgh in 2003. Yes, I am that old. Um, We had a great chat about his life on Facebook, where admittedly he spends more of his time than on Twitter. But he picked five fantastic tweets. There was plenty for the British listener to identify with. We talked about Trump's comeback, in inverted commas. Rudy Giuliani's referencing of The Godfather in a tweet and also the controversial conspiracy theorist Marjorie Taylor Greene. Scary stuff. We hope you enjoy it. Please follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. Good evening. It's Sunday night. You're watching Let's Kill Twitter with me, Julian Hall. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Thankfully, I don't have to trawl through Twitter alone. Tonight, joining me is comedian and filmmaker Stephen Allen Green, all the way from LA. And just before I unveil Stephen, I'm just going to go through his fantastic uh, bio. Well, I met—I should say that I met Stephen in 2003 uh, when he was at the Edinburgh Fringe, and he was there with a show about a show that he created and produced for an international comedy charity television show, which famously featured comedy legend Jerry Lewis, who collapsed. We'll get into that backstage making international news. So that's when I met um, Steve. Steve is a product of the comedy store in LA, the original one, uh, of course, uh, but he hit his stride in London, England in the 1990s with uh, when we were having our British comedy boom. Steve headlined the major comedy clubs. He hosted Comedy Central South Park weekends. He also created and produced the uh, ill-fated Jerry Lewis show. We will obviously be asking him about that uh, briefly. Uh, Steve's also been a joke writer for Jay Leno, Arsenio Hall, Jimmy J.J. Walker and Roseanne. And he's done a lot of voiceovers for prestigious companies. I've had the privilege of uh, listening to these and they're very good, I have to say. Uh, And in 2007, Stephen founded Pandelic Films, a London-based independent film development company focused on British style and quality films for the American market. Pandelic's short film, Little Things, has recently been garlanded with numerous short film awards and I'm very aware of this because I see Steve posting them on Facebook, which I think he loves more than Twitter, uh, regularly. And I'm, I'm very, gonna change that. I'm very happy for him. Well, please welcome the man heckling me from the sidelines, it's Stephen Allen Green. Hello. Finally Hello. Have, I been un- have I been unveiled as the you magic are curtain gone unveiled. up? Unveiled. You are being broadcast. Wow, I've always wanted to be unveiled. Um, how are you, Julian? I'm okay. I've got like I'm really happy because I've got a green. I finally got a green screen. So if I turn around, you'll no longer. I thought you said I finally got a green card. I got a green card. That'd be lovely. If I turn around, you won't see my radiator anymore. It's so high tech. Oh wow! I know. We we've really come up in the world on this show. I can tell you. Yeah, I'm telling you. You're the cut. You're in the cutting edge of these things. Um, By the way, I just sent you a message. You might want to look at that on Facebook. Okay. All right. On Facebook. Well, the Facebook Messenger. Uh, right. Hang on. So, oh, well, let's just check. It says there's a delay on the stream. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, happening now. Definitely happening. It, is now. it working now? Yeah, definitely working now. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. Now it's so good right. to be over this. I wouldn't want anything 
bad to happen with streams because that's never happened before. Yeah, we're no, on. I, I, yeah. So I, I, if I go to your page, your Facebook page, I can see it streaming, which I don't. Yeah, you should be able to say, I'm looking at the Let's Kill Twitter Facebook page. I'm glad you prompted me because it's admin time. We're streaming on Facebook Live. We're streaming on Twitch. And we're streaming on YouTube where you can obviously watch the show. Yeah, but after. where's the face? Yeah, but I hate to. Where's the Facebook Live being streamed to? Well, What's it? So if you go to the Let's Kill Twitter's Facebook page, it's definitely to the what? Happening. To the what? To Let's what? Kill Twitter's Facebook page. Ah, not yours. Okay. Oh Let's no, it should Twitter. be streaming. It should be streaming to mine as well. It's not. Oh, well, let's have a look at the. Well, that's Restream's fault, but I'll be. Yeah, okay. Now, it's... yeah, I'm on the. So I, let okay, me see if right. I can share this. There is now. a delay. Everyone, sexy admin, everyone. And uh, meanwhile, I shall sing while we make sure that we're, we're streaming. I, I won't. No, please, don't make it worse. <laughs> and you've never, I can't believe you've never heard me sing. You refused even, even when we were hanging out in 2011. My fantastic... I did not, I referred to, I, 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 wait a minute, I, I didn't want to hear you sing back then? I never, I never offered. I, I was too busy. Well, that's going. not the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing. I'm a liar and a fraud, obviously. But hey... So it's great to see you because I haven't seen you since 2011 when I, I stayed with you for about 10 days in LA. I chose uh, my first time in LA and I haven't been back since. So obviously, I really want to, but uh, I chose the worst possible weather. Um, the two weeks that were the, probably the windiest and rainiest, not all the time, obviously, but it was yeah. still uh, it was still amazing. And I pretty much think we did, you know, we did a lot of stuff, didn't we? We went to a lot of places. We went to the comedy store, the improv. Did we? Did I take you to Muson Franks in Hollywood? Did we go there? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, wow. Which is why, since I've been watching the Kaminsky method, I've been getting very nostalgic. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course, of course. Um, did you stay at the condo with me, or did I you did. have a place? Uh, yeah, no, I stayed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was a Beverly Hills resident for ten days. Well, I am. So I you paid. had my mother's. You had my mother's, my dearly departed mother's bedroom, the big, the main bedroom. That's right. Yeah, I did. And I was in the servants' quarters. That's how I have my guests. I, yeah, I know. I, it was. I, I have to say, <laughs> yeah. And I'm very glad that I didn't uh, disturb you after uh, my. Because obviously, you know what I was doing when I was doing that. I was mainly going to see loads of um, locations. So I went to see the house that was used in. Um, the oh, gosh, uh, hang on a minute. Looks at uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, no, no, where it goes no. in. Oh, what's it going? It's going totally. I did the whole Buffy thing. I went to Torrance. I did the whole Buffy thing. I went okay. to the house that was used in Six Feet Under. I did the Warner Brothers studio. I mean, I totally, I totally geek fanned out while I was there. It was fantastic. Good I'm, for I, you. I'm still dining out on those memories. But speaking of films, yeah. how are you? Because it's it's going really well with Pandelic and Little Things uh thank you yeah um yeah there's a there's there's a lot there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than than is evident that i publicize um basically this film that i wrote and directed the last big thing i did in england before i came back to america um uh, you know big thing like the london palladium you know the last big thing i did was uh this high budget short film with 25 actors and 25 crew and it was the most incredible creative experience I'd ever had. And I was, you know, I surrounded myself with people that knew what they were doing. And I just basically had to make artistic decisions. And um, there, was a, there was a production fight about the cat. The producers did not want to use a cat actor. And I thought that was a bit animalist. Um, but my ex-girlfriend, uh, her daughter had a cat. 
and the cat did everything perfectly in one take, so I win. But um, yeah, so uh, basically this film is about, it's a comedy about uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, which I've had uh, all my conscious life. And when quarantine hit, uh, it brought back my OCD to the point where I'm, you know, putting my shoes on, taking them off, putting them on. And if I don't do it, someone will die. And um, then it reminded me of this film, which kind of went nowhere after it was made because the producers were sending it to film festivals and I never heard back and I had no paper trail. And then I got involved with other things, uh, bigger responsibilities and things I had in my personal life. So the OCD that I got from quarantine reminded me of this film. And then I saw, oh, look at all these film festivals online. And so you go to a website called Film Freeway, you put your film up, you describe it, you describe yourself, and then you see, oh, the, uh, you know, Red Bean and Chili Film Festival in Louisville, Kentucky. And you go, okay, I never heard of that film festival. But you look at it, and it's like, oh, it's $32 to submit it. They have these categories. So I started winning about my winning, uh, well, from selection to win rate, uh, is around 43 and a half percent. Okay, that's precise. And, yeah. yeah, and then one film festival said, well, you should make, we'd love to see a, a feature from you. And you got to understand the background of this. I'm almost done with this uh, saga, but the background of this is that I've been back in LA for uh, uh, 12 years. The, my last gig before LA was, you know, playing my favorite home, my home club in England, uh, downstairs, the King said, where wow. I did great. And everyone loved me, bought me drinks. And I had a great, excuse me, I had a great time. <laughs> and, you know, I come back here and it's hell on earth for a lot of people, not just myself, but I was not, you, you know, expecting that kind of hell, uh, like locusts, comedians, wow. you know, descended on the comedy clubs. And so, you know, and I got told by uh, a club, I was over 30 and not famous. So go away. Um, anyway, you know, so I got to the point where I just said, you know, I don't. I, I, as a responsible adults, you know, I went through a period where I was asking people where I kind of sleep on your couch because I'm broke. I'm getting a job. So I depended on other people for a time period in my life for a long time on and off. And I survived. And then I finally got a place of my own where I paid rent. It's in my name. And. You know, I had this place for three and a half years and and I took care of myself like an adult and didn't borrow any money from anybody. Uh, maybe this or that I did, but not really, not that not that kind of borrowing. And um, I thought I need the same in my artistic life. You know, I I I uh, no offense to anyone else. And there's a million really great, younger, hipper, high Twitter account comedians out there. Why should they use me? And I'm kind of old school compared to what they're doing, even though I'm funny. And that is the end of that story. So I thought, you know, I'm going to make another film. So what I've done is I'm going to I've taken little things as a template. And we filmed this great interstitial at a mortuary where I rise from a coffin and I'm handed a martini, you know, and I'm. Good evening. My name is Nigel P. Arison. I'm a crypto capitalist, paranormalist, normalist. And it reminds uh, me of a current comedian, but carry on. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and so I introduce these weird dark stories. And and the idea is that 
we're getting 10 comedy geniuses, Ted, to make 10 10-minute films that they write and direct, and we cover all the costs. And it's put together. And I've got a couple of really established names. So I'm launching the whole thing on Kickstarter in a, in a week or two. We'll see if it works. But even if it fails, Julian, you know, uh, you know, I, uh, I believe in it. And you kind of, you know, like, what was that phrase I learned in England? You go from strength to strength. So, you know, yeah, we've ditched, we've ditched that now. <laughs> we've oh. ditched that since Brexit. No. Uh, yeah. How is it over there now? Enough about me. So uh, how is it over there? I mean, well, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I didn't choose any sort of, because I chose a couple of tweets myself. I'm not sure if we get to them, but I didn't actually choose anything sort of political this time. I mean, you know, it, it just seems that the world has just seemed to sort of churn out endless shite since around 2015, quite honestly. And I just, you know, I've just sort of lost, uh, I've tracked, but, but seriously more about you. So I've got, a, I've got a couple of follow-up questions. Uh, firstly, I need to know whether the cat is listed in IMDb after all of that. Yes, happened. it is. Oh, right. It is. If you go to, I, I don't know if it's IMDb, but it's IMDb Pro. Right. And, uh, the cat's real name, and I—in uh, other words, the cat did not have the name changed for showbiz. The cat's real name is Dermot, like Dermot O'Leary, uh-huh. because my girlfriend's daughter was in love with Dermot O'Leary, you know, from afar. And so Dermot, and but the cat's role character is Kitty. <laughs> never, never, surely not. <laughs> Okay, well that's good to know. Yeah. So it's interesting this IMDb Pro not it's like you pay extra for cats, but but whatever. That's uh, I, I'm very pleased <laughs> no, that's about not that. It, but that's funny. <laughs> but um, also I had no idea that the film was about OCD, which is very interesting. I I suffer from that to an extent myself, and I know a number of people who do. Um, and that is you know that's somewhere that I'd certainly be really interested in in watching it. Um, now, you mentioned younger hippocomics on Twitter, so I've got to ask you like the opening question to all of this, because uh, you selected some great tweets for us this week. But what, what's your relationship with Twitter? I know you have a fantastic relationship with Facebook because you bang out the one-liners on Facebook. It's not just about the films awards. Uh, you know, you ruminate and on life and all the rest of it. I mean, you, I think you do, would it be fair to say you do a bit of your thinking through Facebook? Uh, well, before I answer that, I, 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 no, 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 no. It's not like I need to consult with my attorney. Um, I just, my OCD is kicking in. I want to take care of one uh, anomaly. So I used to have it where anything I posted on Facebook would automatically post on Twitter. But somehow that got kicked out a few years ago, and I've never been able to reapply it. And even if I go to reapply it, it doesn't apply. So there's some disconnect. But then I saw that as a good thing because I was spilling too much. I would be doing these waking up at 3 a.m., still in a daze, having some weird thought and posting it and then realizing in the morning, oh, my God, that just sounds so bad. There's no sense of irony. There's, it's, but um, what was the question again? What, well, what, just, what, uh, it, it feels like sort of in terms of now it's really interesting because actually I do remember when you could. Um, post something on Facebook and it could go to Twitter or vice versa. And uh, that doesn't seem to happen so much now. You have oh, to okay. So they, that's I why. I don't think I it's just you. Yeah. yeah, you. Yeah, right, right, right. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just feels like that um, Facebook, and Sajila, who usually uh, is like my co-host on this, she's away at the moment, but 
she's a Facebook girl and she does uh, and I think she she kind of obviously likes the community of it and I think she kind of some people are very successful using Facebook to kind of workshop ideas other people obviously think that Twitter is is useful for that but I mean how do you actually feel about Twitter you know you in the sort of camp like a lot of people are which that it's a bit of a toxic dump well, I mean, uh, I, I think Twitter is a great platform. Um, I just haven't really investigated the mechanics of it. In fact, preparing for the show, I was like, oh, how do I do this? Oh, I see. I can bookmark these. You know, I, I had to figure it out. I never really paid much attention to Twitter uh, as I should have. Um, and I also always felt that if, if I'm going to tweet something, it better be really important. But Facebook is a lot more casual. It's like, hey, Bob, you know, what do you think of the pate? So, um, Although Facebook has had a, a, a deleterious effect upon my emotional stability, um, mostly what I get subconsciously and consciously pissed off at is seeing, pe seeing people's posts, usually other comedians, that I actually know somewhat in real life or know pretty strongly in real life, and they completely ignore me. Not just they've stopped following me so they don't see me in their uh, feed, but if I post something, a uh, comment, that's clever and not abrasive, mm. you know, and I always have to filter it, by the way, because if it's a British. So if it's someone who really knows me or someone who's British, I can post sarcasm without worry. But, you know, there's some parts of sarcasm. There's so many parts of sarcasm. It isn't just making fun of the person hearing it. You know, it's making fun of a system or it's making fun of the language itself. And so. I just think that some of these people that kind of intimidate me just aren't that bright. But then again, half the people out here in L.A. are on Adderall and all sorts of mind-altering drugs. <laughs> I, I, I have... Tell Don't you, ever change L.A. Yeah. No, it's just they just change the prescription. They never change L.A. They just yeah. change what drugs you're putting in your brain. And then everyone's self-diagnosed with ADD. But they're just fucking assholes who, you know... I've had a couple of uh, cyber dates where we met, you know, I met this woman at a restaurant that we even talked on the phone beforehand that I met through the Facebook dating site. And they just talk, 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 sat down at the restaurant, talk, 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 talk. And even if I try to engage, you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. What color was the monster that you just said was coming at you? Talk, 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 talk. They don't even hear the question. Talk, 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 talk. And the last time this happened, um, I let her rattle on for 20 minutes. And, you know, I'm pouring the, the automotive grease of the vodka martini in my head to try to bear it and still hold interest. And finally, I said, do you always just talk? <laughs> this is on a first date. Do you just fucking talk? I mean, I just did not. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to see this person oh. again, If you know, and and. Uh, uh, I find it really sad. I've met a lot of people like this, mostly women, that just feel they have to constantly, they're only listening to themselves, in fact, that they're talking about something and then that reminds them of something else and they talk, 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 talk. I do have a couple of male friends like this, actually, and you really have to, like, get in there, get a point. But, but yeah. isn't, that's, that's, that's IRL, isn't that, as they say, in real life? And that's what, what? IRL, that's what the kids say. When I say kids, I mean, no, IRL. When I say kids, I mean people who are in their thirties. In real life, 
So what you're describing there is sort of like at, at least an in real life situation because the social media sort of issue that most people have is that it, it, social media is actually quite hard going on the mental health. So even if you were with someone who's a bit of a nightmare, I don't know if that's well, worse in person, must be really. But the, well, no, some people are better on Facebook, much better than they are in real life. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm sure that, yeah, I think there are. But let, me ask, let me ask you a question. If you met somebody and they're in show business and you ran into them and you haven't seen them in years down in Leicester Square and you mm -hmm. see, you know, you see your uh, Nigel and you, go, or not, and you go, hey, Nigel, how are you? I haven't seen you in a long time. How you been? And Nigel is, oh, well, you know, mate, he's a blah, 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 blah. And then blah, 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 blah. And then blah, 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 blah. You expect him to then say, ah, but that's me. I'll get through it. How are you, mate? Right? But, yeah, I'd have to say you messed up the punch. You messed up the punchline. No, I can't. Oh, well, what was the punchline? Um, no, I, I, you know, you see, the thing is with that is that it was such a novelty to actually be out. I mean, even before the pandemic, I was perfectly placed for this pandemic because I sort of often say to the viewers, was like, what, you mean I have to stay inside, work from home, and never see anyone? Why, why don't I just continue the life I was leading all the way up right. to the pandemic? But um, so I think, yeah, maybe the novelty of that, but how soon that novelty works off. I don't know. What was interesting when you were saying about the sort of dopamine effect that people get from Facebook and they need that feedback. So when we get yeah. likes on, on Twitter or Facebook, that yeah. is a feedback. So somebody says it's my birthday. You know, I don't celebrate my birthday particularly, and I certainly don't do it on Facebook. But there must be people who are used to announcing things that get a certain level of likes. And they probably think, oh, I only got 30 likes. You know, whereas in on Twitter, unless you're quite, unless you're pretty big, you know that you're sending stuff well, certainly my level, you certainly know you're sending stuff into the ether. And if you get a couple of likes, it's, it's a massive bonus. Where on Facebook, it just seems a bit more sort of, you know, life and death in inverted commas. Yeah, there's more immediate feedback. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I um, sometimes take three days, sometimes a week. One time I took 10 days off and I can't because I'll start getting notifications that people will start commenting and liking a post from a week ago because there's nothing fresh. And that's what they see. And then I feel like a little guilty, like I better go back in and like that person's funny follow up line. But I just I get I get resentful. I start to think, you know, it's making me unhappy. I need to take a break from it. But, I, you know, if I if I post, you know, hi, folks, I'm having uh, mental problems on Facebook. Uh, Facebook's irking me. I'll be gone for a while. You know, then I got to deal with all those comments. Oh, no, you're great. Well, I get people that message me and say, uh, your joke made my day. I had such a rough week, you know, or, you know, I'm following your struggles. You're my hero. Don't give up. You know, I'm reading that while I'm adjusting the noose, you know, because you can adjust the noose if you do it right with one hand and hold the phone with the other. And multitasking. Um, fantastic. Oh, <laughs> you kidding? Um, so, uh, you know, and then I, here's the weirdest thing that happens with me in Facebook. The weirdest thing I think is that I get to a certain place, usually almost, well, lately from this apartment, but not where I'm staying now, but I, this apartment has such bad vibes. There's been murders and suicides and crimes and they turn off the heat. There's been cockroaches and bed bugs and there's a dangerous, crazy person downstairs with a tattoo, like, uh, uh, Hannibal starring um, the second one directed by Ridley Scott 
and it makes noise. It keeps everyone awake, which is why I'm not living here. So, um, we'll just leave the camera I, rolling after we finish. Then, no, uh, what do I think of what? <laughs> no, I said we'll just leave the camera rolling after we finish. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, yeah. no, so the point is, is that I'll start hating everything about my life and everyone in my life, and I'll think I'm just the biggest loser. I'm mean, never getting anywhere. And then I see someone's post, and they go, "Who the fuck cares about your career, your gig?" Who cares that your baby puked on your, you know, wife's breast? I don't care. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Or you're not that funny. Or, you know, you're a self-promoting. You're a self-promoting comic that has no fucking talent. I'm tired of seeing you in my feed. Who gives a shit how grateful you are? Fuck you. And then cut to me waking up, having coffee and posting exactly the same shit. (laughs) If this, if you know, if I was a comedian, this would be like having a conversation with myself, no doubt. But you know, but I'm not, so that's okay. But what you have done is you've been on Twitter long enough to pick out five really good meaty. That was a really uh, good segue, by the way. I, yeah. I want to point out at uh, at uh, eight twenty six or uh, twenty twenty six. Really good segue. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Well, um, so listen, where do you want to start? Uh, it's up to you. It's up to you. Uh, well, listen, I'm not sure. So I'm not really sure. Um, what's you don't know name? all these people. I know. I well, know. yeah, but I'm not sure. So let's start with Rudy Giuliani's tweet. Yeah. Um, if you can and just read it out and then just explain what is going on. What's going on with Rudy Giuliani? You know <laughs> what? Question. I have to get my this is a weird thing because I am. I need to get my glasses. Uh, that is fine. I, but then but then when I get the glasses, then um, oh, it's just one of those old man things. Okay. <laughs> suspect. There we go. There we go. The war, uh, this war was a proxy war. It can be best described by comparing it to a scene in The Godfather when Corleone explains to his consigliere, who was really behind the attempt to kill him and destroy his family, to Taglia as a pimp. He never could have outfought Santino. So uh, I don't know. I was just scrolling, you know, I don't know what war uh, Mr. Giuliani is referring to. Do I need to explicate who Mr. Giuliani is to your audience? Uh, no, I think I think we're OK with that. I would love to know what the war was, but um, but uh, well, if I can look at the date, uh, so it's twi- eight, six, twenty one. That's impossible. Oh, it's six, eight, twenty one. Well, that would be that hasn't going to matter. That was June 8th. And that's the British version of dates so why it's, is Rudy Giuliani? yeah it is it is it's, oh, it's, it's just a screenshot from your computer that's why. that's right yeah so uh june 8th um i don't know what war uh but um there is no war uh at the moment unless unless he's i don't know maybe talking about trade war with china or uh, or, or 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 the um cyber war that's probably what it is so go back up to it. Go back up. To well, it looks, yeah, it looks, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, but here's, here's what attracted my attention was that um, The Godfather is a movie based on a book based on combination characters and research that Mario Puzo had. And The Godfather, the movie, has become beyond iconic in America um, to where it's gotten to be an acceptable thing that it's just about a family, the inner, inner workings of any family. They just happen to be mafiosos and murderers and extort, extortionists. Um, and so for Rudy Giuliani, uh, who was at one point 
the New York-based federal prosecutor who brought down John Gotti, the Teflon Don, mm. the modern mafiosa of Little Italy from the 1990s New York. Real violent, mean. I mean, this is the stuff that inspired the Sopranos. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. Right. Yeah. So for Rudy Giuliani to be invoking a godfather metaphor to 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 you know to access some sort of skewed perspective of some war going on um is self-indicting he's just saying look this is this is the dirt that i know how to play with tataglia is a pimp you know he never could have fought santino and tataglia uh, Bruno Tataglia uh, was also known as the Turk. And what is what sets off the Godfather saga is that the Godfather family, the Corleone family, are in business with um, uh, 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 prostitution, gambling. Those are the two main things. And a little, I don't even know if they do extortion, but they're, they're in prostitution and gambling. So the Turk comes in and wants to meet with Don Corleone because the Turk, guess he's from Turkey, so guess what he wants to deal in? He wants to deal in cocaine. And Sonny Corleone, also known as Santino, as referred to in this tweet, is the hot-headed son who gets killed, who gets himself killed because of his hot-headedness. And... Uh, to ta saying that Tataglia is a pimp, uh, I think means that he doesn't. He's it's not. He's he's really representing the other the the other mob leaders of the five other five four families of the five family uh, uh, mob scene in New York at the time. So it's just extraordinary. It's extra. It's absolutely extraordinary. First of all, it doesn't make any sense unless you really know. The Godfather. Yeah. Secondly, secondly, this is this is the president's. Did you ever see a movie called The President's Analyst? That night. Oh, well, no, you sent me a clip. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James Coburn looks amazing. James Coburn <laughs> plays the president's analyst. It's a great concept where the president is so under stress he needs a therapist or an analyst, but now the analyst knows too much and is being hunted by the CIA and, and everyone and, and else. All, everyone else. Yeah. It's a great premise. Um, so anyway, uh, that's what Giuliani is. He's the president's not analyst, but he's the president's idiot mobster. So Giuliani here is trying to make a political point using a film that he probably doesn't understand and then trying to do it just to, I don't know, buzzwords like the Godfather, he's trying to scare people. It has a, it drips emotionally of death and 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 uh there's a lot of death in the godfather you know i, I think giuliani is a death worshiper that's his problem i mean he's had he has led many lives hasn't he really i don't uh, admire him yeah um, i think he's 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 a phony my dad used to call people there's phonies you know we don't use that word anymore those are the most dangerous people out there the phonies that's what giuliani is because we know he's a phony because back in the 90s, he was one of our heroes. And then he was the 9-11 mayor of New York. God, was well, great. Yeah, yeah. He was stronger and smarter and more forthright and more stable than the then President George Bush. It was like a, you know, 
drooling, quivering child in 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 short pants who couldn't handle shit, and Giuliani, you know, the mayor of the city which was attacked on nine eleven, is really yeah. That's how we feel, you know. Let's we're gonna stand strong but keep level headed. We're not gonna let this bother us. We're New Yorkers, and that inspired the entire country, I think. And now in the last four years he's pimped himself out and yeah. he's basically you know what it is it's just a classic crime story where the uh the police the establishment gets so entrenched in 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 uh surveilling the criminals that they become the criminal that's what giuliani is he's he's a criminal but no, it, no question. I mean, the full circle thing, because I do find him a fascinating character because of all of the roles that he played, and particularly, obviously, as mayor of New York, he's a legacy of not just 9-11, but, you know, the, the zero tolerance guy, essentially, you know, which kind of moving, changing the face of New York, you know, gentrification to some extent. It, it's, it's a, I think the fact that he's attached himself to, to Trump, it, it, there does, there is that sense of kind of, um, well, people have compared Trump to John Gotti in 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 ways. So there's something slightly circular going on there. And you know, he's attached himself essentially to the wrong side in the in the sort of um, the light, uh, the sort of tail end of his career. So he's going out with a bad taste, really. I mean, well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to conclusions. Say it's the tail end. Who knows what? Well, if he doesn't I, go to prison. Yeah. I mean, he could be running a cooking show. Giuliani. Yeah, this is Italian food. I served him up. That would, that would be a step up from the way things are at the moment, I think. But, yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, it actually looks like this. Uh, I mean, I'm going to obviously have to investigate it later. I didn't have time to before. But it looks like he's talking about uh, Israel, Palestine. So, I mean, that, you know, I'm glad we sidestepped that. Let's just, uh, for the moment, we've, we've got, we've had plenty to say on that particular tweet without uh, delving any further. Now, let's. Mm, let's go let's go let's go well listen we talked about trump so this seems to um to be the obvious place to go um yeah a uh, rob reiner rob reiner who uh, you may know as the uh, multi-award nominee winning incredible filmmaker who was this wonderful 1970s actor on uh on the family and then was the on-camera documentarian playing the documentarian in uh, This is Spinal Tap, yeah. and then Castle Rock Films, you know, Stand By Me, some great films. Um, so Rob Reiner is a major Beverly Hills liberal, uh, as am I, and it's, he says, uh, it's one thing to hold a Bible upside down for a photo op. You're just a calculating asshole. It's another to put your pants on backwards in an, attempt, in an attempted comeback. Now you're a pathetic loser. Okay, so... Uh, the Bible thing, you know what that's referring mm -hmm. to when Trump, you know, all right. Uh, well, and, so yeah, I mean, just I suppose we should refresh viewers' memory. Yeah, yeah. so when, when he came out, um, this was yeah. So uh, he had his yeah. he had his henchmen clear homeless people away from a church. You know, literally, you know, get the fuck out of here. You know, can I curse on Twitter, by the way? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Fucking hell, because <laughs> I otherwise I'd be a cunt. Um, so. He had his henchmen come in and clear, you know, homeless people. And I, I, I believe they're homeless people uh, away from this church. Just like that's what you do. Right. So he could hold a Bible and make some statement. But he held the Bible upside down um, just for a photo op. That's what that refers to. 
Um, and the pants on backwards thing. Uh, I don't, I haven't really wanted to examine these pictures enough to know whether he's put his pants on backward. And of course, living in England, when I hear pants, the first thing I think are, is underwear. I don't want to know about Trump's underwear. Um, but here's the problem I have with Rob Reiner's uh, tweet. Um, because I'm a, I'm a lefty. I'm, I'm very much a lefty. I'm, I'm very, you know, more than people know. But uh, he's just speaking to an echo chamber because the people it's this what Twitter does. Mm -hmm. So the people that like Rob Reiner, follow Rob Reiner, are alike like Rob Reiner. And he's just echo chambering what they already know. Um, there's no he, he, there's nobody left to convince Rob. And 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 that's why I have some right wing uh nut jobs still as Facebook friends because I want I, I want to you know uh well first of all some of them have been really kind to me and some of them are funny and so I you know try to separate politics from human behavior but um you may be the last man on earth who's doing that <laughs> well, yeah, because I think that's a good else, thing I think yeah. that's a good thing they, every, everyone else is taking a shortcut these days that's why cancel culture exists because they don't want to have to when you actually have to consider someone else, whether they're worthy of being your friend or whether it's healthy for you to be friends with them, you have to do a lot of self-examination if you do it right. Because you have to ask yourself a lot of questions that end up being, does it bother you because they do it or does it bother you because it triggers something within you that you know you haven't completed in your growth as a person? Because that's usually the reason. So be more forgiving. But you see, all of that, takes a lot years and years of training and focus on how your own perceptions are calculated in your brain i mean i went to therapy for on and off since 1973 uh so a long time in therapy and therapy has taught me you know how to separate the person from their thoughts basically including myself so but anyway the point is that um, if Rob Reiner were really British clever, he would have said something that if it was like, you know, on one of those, you know, news talk shows during the day, that would corner the enemy. Who, so who's he addressing? That's the first thing. He, it, it looks like in words, he's he's addressing Donald Trump. Is Don, Donald Trump is banned from Twitter. Does that mean he still goes on Twitter? We don't know. He's not even tagged Trump in this. So Trump isn't going to find it unless Trump is actively following. Well, what he doesn't Rob even Reiner name said. Trump. Doesn't even use the word Trump. Doesn't even. You know. Yeah. So it's gotten 4000 plus retweets. Who, who's retweeting it? The, the 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 Fox News, the right wing? No, I don't think so unless they want to attack Rob Reiner. So, I mean, I applaud Rob for his, you know, vociferous opinions about yeah. Trump and those losers. And I think he's right. But who's he speaking to? That's my question. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I, well, that, I, okay. That, I, first of all, I've got, I'm just sort of thinking about how I, I, I blush on behalf of my fellow Britons about how, how, you think our British t daytime TV shows might elicit some kind of, I mean, maybe more of our, some of our evening ones might do, I don't know. 
I do know, I do know what you mean. I understand the, the whole echo chamber problem. I mean, that's one of the things that this account tries to do. Um, you know, I try and draw tweets from, I mean, I never imagined I'd be retweeting Marjorie Taylor Greene, but obviously I have done tonight, so we might as well go on to her next. Um, yeah. But but I understand, yeah, it's really hard to get, how do you get away from your echo chamber? If you're consciously following um, people from different sides of an, an argument, if you purposely doing that that's fine but there aren't that many people conscientiously doing that unless they're, they're doing maybe they're doing it for work I mean, if they're a journalist that's exactly what they should be doing um well i mean i'll, I'll, I'll tell you how i mean so so mm -hmm. um uh, uh just as you know to get this out of the way i think the entire republican part well the leadership of the republican party and a good swath of the republicans are horrible people that have sold out this country and are criminals and should not be holding office. But having said that, even in their bad ideas, there's often a good idea or a good point. Mm. And I think that that is the problem with American politics is um, there's there's only ownership of side of ideas. And it's like whether you're you know, that's it's whether you're Jew and that's culture. Now, you can't argue with the rabbi that eating shrimp uh, carved into the shape of Moses is kosher. It's still shrimp. So or prawns, as you idiots say over there. <laughs> so um, but my point is, is that uh, th there's there's no conciliation. No, no other. No. If the right wing were to look at Rob Reiner's post, You'd think they'd come back and say, you know, I'm not a. F I like Rob Reiner's. We always say, I love Rob Reiner's movies, but I don't like the man. And for him to attack our former president is just unpatriotic. However, they never get to the however part. However, he did embarrass us with putting his pants back on. You know, they never will concede anything, and the left won't concede ever that the right may have a kernel of an idea. So the right might say, for example, um, uh, we want to stop funding Planned Parenthood, which is what Trump did. You know, Planned Parenthood deals with uh, women. Uh, I think it deals with both parents, I think, you know, men and women. But I think it's, it focuses on women and birth control and uh, safe sex and, and, and yeah. you know, birth control is that yeah. big hot issue of that the Bible thumpers can't stand. Um, but they might say, so we don't want to fund Planned Parenthood. Um, but there's never a discussion of, okay, the other side saying, okay, what is it about Planned Parenthood that you don't like? Because if it's, it used to be called the pill, mm -hmm. which is, you know, anti-pregnancy. So if, 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 the, if the right would then answer that question and say, well, yeah, I'm a female senator myself. I'm glad for Planned Parenthood. I have a couple of daughters, says the male senator. I'm glad they're there to counsel how to avoid being raped, how to avoid being pregnant. If you don't want to be pregnant, I'm glad for that. But I'm against the abortion issue. So if they would just slice everything up to what is the fucking problem here, let's fix it. Because what it is, this whole thing seems like me trying to deal with my ex-girlfriend, which is what is it that you're pissed off at? Because I know what it is. There's nothing to do with me. 
So can we separate me from that? Can I try to help you solve that? Do you want me to fuck off and go away for a while? Whatever. She would never listen to that. That's the problem. Is that the, the right and the left are being led by extremists, both sides. And the reason they're being led by extremists is because they're who they are <coughs> is not represented anymore. I think that's a good moment to go on to, you see, one of the problems that, uh, you know, I, I, my handle on American politics comes from two, th two, two sources, I think, really. One is the American comedian, Eric McElroy, who's lived over here since 2000, and he does a podcast called American Exchange. He's got Scaramucci, Anthony Scaramucci's just been on it again. Scaramucci, 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 let him go, let him go, let him go. But Sorry. the other, of course, is Bill, uh, real time Bill Maher, and I, you know, I sort yeah. of write him a bit of a worship Bill Maher, really. But um, uh, you are a fan, or you're not a I'm fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, okay. I think... Well, ne if next time you're out here by Christmas, I'll take you to a Hollywood Christmas party he attends. <sighs> well, something to aim for, isn't it? Um, oh, that's well. That's just the idea of going away. But there you go. I'm going to make a note of that right now. But one, yeah. of, the, one of the issues. <laughs> Let's go over to Rep Rep uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is the uh, uh, she's the latest Trumper. So anybody can get elected. We proved that with Trump. Anybody can get elected to any office in 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 America. You don't have to be qualified. In fact, the less qualified, more chance you have to be elected. So uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a uh, conspiratorialist with no brain the one who talked about Jewish lasers starting forest fires, uh, she tweeted at some point, the communist Chinese government needs to pay up big for what they've done to the world. Okay, I assume she's talking about the virus. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, so what's her point? Her point seems to be that they're communists, so she's using this as a sideswipe to all lefties is what she's doing. Um, she's the whole point of this tweet isn't about what the Chinese government is doing. If she's if she's referring to the virus and their irresponsibility within the lab in Wuhan, what she's actually doing, in my opinion, here is she uses the word communist and talking about the lefties all the time. So she's now equating the lefties with with the Chinese because she's using the communist. The, the Communist Party of China. I mean, it's that—that that is, that's absolutely who they are. They'd have no—they'd have no qualms about being known as as who they are. I mean, obviously, she's. I, 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 yeah, of course, she's. She's. You shouldn't even need to put the word communist in there. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. She didn't need to. So uh, she's she's doing it for a purpose. Let's move on to the next one. She makes me puke. She's uh, insane. But well, she. It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I read. So to introduce her, like even if you just look at her Wikipedia page and you want to avoid any sort of lawsuits, all you need to do is read her Wikipedia page, and it's it's quite the read in it, even in a matter of fact way. But the one the one thing I just point I would make from uh, MTG that that's going back to Rob Reiner. One of the things about attacking the Republicans at the moment is that the Republicans seem so adrift from reality that it's almost like you know where's why i mean i suppose some of the houses are still sort of quite balanced but they are they're so far gone from a kind of um i mean they make they make they're making people long for bush and nixon and you know god knows what else i mean by by this by the measurement some of those you know some of those characters are compared to what's happening now in the republican party seem 
sort of much more sane and palatable, really. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I remember, you know, I was a conscious thinking uh, adult when Nixon was president and uh, uh, Nixon, everyone was talking about how Nixon was, you know, mentally unfit for his entire career. And they, they thought the, the impression we got and the, 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 the mainstream media where there was only the mainstream media, um, not no fringe media, uh, just basically, you know, our big worry is we have a crazy man in, in as president. And so to sit there and, and say, well, you know, certainly not as crazy as Trump, you know, what's the difference? You go into an asylum, you don't judge. I can't, I can't see Marjorie Taylor Greene doing as well in an interview with David Frost, but I take your point. I mean, I, absolutely. I think Nixon was a scary time. I wasn't even there secondhand. I, I, it, but there are degrees of, like, I don't remember Nixon, you know, QAnon it was not a Nixon thing or, you know, whatever. But, you know, it, it's, not, it's only degrees of sort of, uh, of, of being a scary. It's, it's, also, it's also context, and that is history, is understanding context. And in terms of the Republican Party being so off the rails, I think, you know, look at, you know, uh, Senator Mitt Romney, who was the only one to vote for impeachment. And and uh, and then uh, Liz Cheney, mm -hmm. the daughter of uh, Dick Cheney, who who was the face of the Republican Party until they voted her down because she yeah. was talking about Trump. So I think it's the people who control the Republican Party. I think I don't think they're crazy. I think the people that really control the Republican Party, we don't know who they are. Let's remember that it could be the Koch brothers. It could be other brothers we don't know about or sisters. Let's be let's be uh, let's have yeah, some equanimity be here. About this. Egalitarian. Yeah. Um, so whoever controls the Republican Party, they're on message, as we used to say in the 60s, they're on message is that they're crazy because that's what they want, not because it appeals, not only because it appeals to all the crazy illiterates who voted for Trump, mm. but because it's a camouflage. It's a Trojan horse. They're, they're, they, they want us to think they're stupid and crazy. They're not. They're up to real bad shit. And so bad that they, their cover is that they're stupid and crazy. And then, of course, it will attract actual stupid and crazy people like yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So it's a sort of sobering moment. So we'll leave Mark Marin till last because this, uh, this tweet from Dave Saris does again flowing very nicely if you care to read this one and and uh and yeah. go forth so uh dave cyrus uh, who's a mate of mine and he's uh probably recognized i think as one of the best if not i think the best comedy writer in america and his credits prove it as well as well as his work um uh dave cyrus says a funny thing about rand paul in in uh funny thing about rand paul is everyone who says He's qualified to take on Fauci because he's a dentist, has never been to a dentist. Um, so I, I, I didn't get a chance to research Rand Paul. I don't know if I can. I could probably find a picture of him smiling and look at his teeth. He's probably got bad teeth. That's the point. Um, uh, but that's not even the point. Um, oh, so he's talking about uh, uh, anything about Rand is everyone who says he's qualified has never been to a dentist. So he's referring to hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. 
So uh, it's funny because in the old, you know, Americans still think Brits don't go to dentists. And uh, sorry to say that, but that's one of the things that right Americans think that. It's not true. The best dentist I have is uh, Simon Godley in Notting Hill. Hey, Simon, how are you? Um, so, uh, yeah, so this is Dave's brilliance. Funny thing about Rand Paul. So Rand Paul is a right-wing uh, conspiratorialist, real uh, manipulative. And he had public debates with Fauci about masks and other preventative measures for getting the virus, not getting the virus. And, you know, Rand Paul saying, so what, what makes you qualified, you know, to maybe you're wrong. We have people, you know, and, and meanwhile, the, you know, everyone knew or most everyone should have known uh, that Rand Paul, he's like his, he's like some kind of doctor, but he was a doctor before he became a politician, but it, nothing to do with virology. Was, he was like, you know, an anesthesiologist or a, maybe he was a dentist. I don't know what he was, but he, he got caught out because he was professing all the scientific knowledge when in fact his background was a very specific thing that had nothing to do with virology. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, you got to understand, I think you do. I mean, your audience, I mean, that we literally had a daily life or death situation. We were watching thousands of people die a day and we were freaked out and scared to touch the, uh, the, anything that we didn't know. And, and, you know, too close and, you know, oh, my God, I'm, you know, what am I going to do? I don't want to die. I don't feel so well. It was really frightening and stressful and intense for at least a year, you know, horrible. And Fauci was just simply saying, wear a mask. Mm. The studies have shown, even if you're with someone um, who's been inoculated, wear a mask. I think this went on before the inoculation, 11, 5. Uh, so that would be May 11th. No, this is people already getting their uh, vaccination. Uh, so the fact that someone would argue about against the mask and about American freedom and all that bullshit that the Republicans use as a uh, a white flag over every issue that is, you know, infringe upon our freedom to kill people, rip them off. Um, so the funny thing about Rand Paul is everyone who says he's qualified to take on Fauci, meaning he's not qualified to take on Fauci because he's a dentist, has never been to a dentist. So, he's, so Dave's referring to, you know, poor white trash. And he's not making fun of people being poor. He's not making fun of people being white. He's making fun of them being trash <laughs> because they, you know, cling to their gun and they have a tattoo on their, on their dick that says, you know, Trump is God. And, the, you know, they just don't want to, it's like they have too much voting power this, you know, the, these fanatics who stormed the Capitol. But, and, but they're being corralled by people in mainstream politics on, on the right who have, un, you know, undermined, um, undermined lockdowns and undermined. And we still have, you know, we have the same, we have an anti-lockdown movement in the UK. Um, and whilst there are some questions that we need to be addressed about, you know, how, how we would do this again and maybe how we would do it differently for the next pandemic and all the rest of it, but the kind of the mask burning element of it is, is yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's the interesting thing is it's very performative, which is often a uh, um, criticism that gets leveled at the left and rightly so, but it is also very, you know, it's what the right are doing when it comes to lockdowns is, is performative as well. Um, but yeah, interesting one, uh, Dave's uh, 
Oh yeah, so he's um, credits there. SNL. Yeah. He just co-wrote this wonderful movie directed by Judd Apatow, The King of Staten Island, which stars Pete Davidson, probably, you know, up there with Dave Chappelle as the most important current comedian. I think I think Davidson is 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 a fucking genius and um, Triumph, The Insult Dog, and Comedy Central Roasts. Uh, Dave is a very interesting guy. I, I, you should try to get him on your thing. I don't know if he will yeah, do it. Yeah, well, he, uh, he very kindly uh, retweeted. So uh, he's, um, I can't believe I haven't. He retweeted, oh, the fact that I, he retweeted. Tonight's, what? tonight's show. Cause I, oh, because you, you tweeted that we were talking about yeah, his Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, so we might get Marjorie Taylor Greene on. Might be watching right now. All right, we'll go yeah, to Mark so, Maron. So Mark so, Maron, uh, this is completely, um, my guess is, is this, um this is is this about the tech firms moving is this something to do with tech firms moving to austin and everybody moving to austin well goes- yeah i mean i mean uh the, I, I i guess you know elon and all those guys you know for some tax reason and you know california is a really tough place to do business let's fuck it we'll move to austin but no this is about this is about the fact that um uh, a bunch of LA comics and a bunch of comics from other places have left the comedy store and moved to Austin, Texas, because it's apparently where the co- comedy scene is the hottest right now. Joe Rogan. Are you familiar with him? Uh, yeah, certainly. Am. Yeah. Right. So Joe Rogan moved, left the comedy store and moved in LA and, and, and moved to Austin and is set up shop there. And, and, you know, every comic wants to be on that one because you're on that one. You get a million followers instantly. And he supposedly, I heard, you know, buying a, his own comedy club there and and I uh, uh, just heard all the comedy audiences are moving to Austin. And that's an interesting point. I mean, there are, first of all, they're already there. Um, uh, yeah, I think that, so here's here's what this made me think of, if I can, you know, my my frustration with the L.A. comedy scene uh overall frustration i mean you know so yeah there's a personal career frustration i have with with it at all levels and we all know what they are and everyone every comic unless you're famous has the same thing uh on some level uh or i'm not working hard enough or whatever it might be but my issue with the la comedy scene is that there's so many great comedy scenes and they never they never meet each other there's the storytelling scene the moth comedy scene which which i've done which is wonderful other storytelling comedy scenes shows there's sketch comedy that's brilliant with some great people involved and great beautiful wonderful chicago born and bred comedy artists there's the alternative comedy scene beth lapidus largo where some of the greatest comedians like pat oswald and kathy griffin um and blaine capach <coughs> zach galifianakis my friend who did my shows they all came through that, not not the mainstream comedy store. So uh, what upsets me is something that I can do nothing about, which is that these comedy scenes used to kind of intertwine a little bit. We used to have sketch and improv at the comedy store right before a stand-up show. <clears throat> My friend who uh, is in a, 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 a sketch team called uh, Off the Wall, who I helped get to Edinburgh in 2000 when I produced the first High on Laughter. And I brought over George Went, who was in Off the Wall. Well, the first improv thing that Robin Williams did when he came down to L.A. from San Francisco was Off the Wall. He was in Off the Wall as a regular player. 
And so off the wall used to be at the improv. I, I don't remember if it was like they did the first hour and then it was stand up. So they had their own night. And I think it, did, it was a lot of variations, but it's just like when I was in New York before I started coming to London and uh, the improv, which gave me a lot of play had closed. And so I would go down to the village where I'd, my laptop and be writing my novel. But next door was the comedy cellar where, you know, I was, even though I had all, you know, comedy store and, you know, credits and all this, you know, we don't know you sit in the back, maybe we'll put you on. And, but I watched great comics, you know, and they, a lot of them became famous, but they literally told me comedy is not with a guitar. Comedy is not doing characters. Comedy is just you and a microphone in front of a brick wall. That was their orthodoxy. And that's one of the reasons why I went to England, because when I got there, I was suddenly on shows with double acts, character acts, tranny acts, um, and regular standups. It was wonderful. It was what made those shows great was the variety. So that's my problem with L.A. is that it doesn't intermingle with itself. It doesn't even compete with itself except in getting an audience. But all those audiences are too dedicated. So this this refers to stand up comedy scene in Austin. Suddenly, Austin's the hottest place in America for stand up comedy. Maybe I'll go there and beg my way on stage and do a killer set. Maybe I don't even care because I'm making a movie. But uh, I think the, this refers to the fact that. Uh, all, Texas opened up quicker because the Texans don't believe in the virus. It opened up quicker than uh, California. That's right. that's probably why. Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. The answer. yeah. But I, I it, but there, there seems to be. I mean, obviously, Austin is the university town, and um, well, you know, it, it's kind of liberal. And, and, and oh yeah, I, I think know. that's true. And the whole music scene, very hip. Mm. You know, my favorite, my favorite bands of all time, Dan Hicks and the Hot Licks. Come on. Oh, that's a perfect no. band name for a DJ, isn't it? Oh, they were great. <laughs> so, um, listen, so we've managed, to, brilliant that we've managed to get through all five of your tweets. I wanted to pick up on two things that we mentioned at, at the beginning. Not Just, is there anywhere, where can people currently see little things? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, well, the I think the, I mean, it's on Vimeo, it's on YouTube, but it, I, I think the easiest way is if they go to my website, which is stephenallengreen.com, but I also have it listed as legendcomedian.com because you can spell Stephen five ways, Allen six ways, and Green nine ways. So legendcomedian.com and then hit Pandelic Films and just scroll down. It's right there. And uh, thank you. It was so much fun. And that film stars four British stand-ups, uh, uh, Addie Addy. Vandenberg, yeah. you know, Addie, who's fantastic in it, um, Steve Jameson, is fantastic in it. Andy Linden Gosh, Andy, is fantastic yes. in it. Wow. Uh, I think the fourth one was me, but I was only filling in. <laughs> I was only filling in as <laughs> no, as the as the yeah, as the policeman and the baby care uh, pram because that actor did not show up that day. That's literally what happened. And uh, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I'm real proud of this film, and. Uh, uh, you got to really pay attention because the first seven and a half minutes are kind of it's, it's, it's a lot of exposition, uh, not expositional dialogue, but yeah. there's a lot of expositional narrative and uh, it's kind of somber and serious, but there's a lot of comedy that's sneaking up and then finally it just explodes. 
that was my purpose of it of design how i designed it so stick with it it it's really an interesting film i frankly you know i am very very exciting time for me creatively um getting back to film and uh anyway just that's what you can catch it so go to legendcomedian.com excellent stuff well that's something else i can watch other than the football um the other thing was um also uh is can people see i people like you for breakfast anywhere or is that no it's somewhere it's 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 only yeah it is actually somewhere uh that's a good question uh uh, that's a lovely question um so this is my infamous one-man show about my experience with jerry lewis Mm. it's not the best performance of it but and the stuff in it i left out the stuff in it i go too long about and i'm trying to remember things but it's got some of the greatest moments because the story is so strong youtube stephen allen green now that's make sure you spell it right not the way you have it on your scroll but s-t-e-v-e-n and then a sorry and then (laughs) a-l-a-n and then green so youtube put my you can see my name right here right yeah. Uh, it, okay. So the one thing put, I didn't alter before I we set we set up, I'm going to literally do it now. But go on, go on. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's on my website actually, but um, I know it's on YouTube. There's six, there's six or seven parts. So go to YouTube, Stephen Allen Green, and I eat people like you for breakfast. Good um, stuff, because it's a fascinating yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. It's uh, were you there at the Palladium, by the way? Uh, no, no, no. I, 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 um, I know all about it from from the Edinburgh show, which I, but I've actually seen the show um, when I was staying with you. I watched, Sam watched it one evening. Oh, that's right. I out. remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just on that page on my website. There's more information on it, and I wonder if the video's there. Uh, there's just a one little video called "Hanging Up on Jerry Lewis." And then there's a video where I make the announcement at the Palladium, and then there's a high on laughter. But the actual show, which I, I think I purposely kept it off my website. But yeah, go to <laughs> YouTube. Uh, thanks for saying all that. You know, they've they're pretty Hollywood's pretty fucking sick of hearing my Jerry Lewis story. I don't know anybody who wants to hear that story again. But don't forget, it's been ten years. <laughs> it's been ten. We haven't seen each other for ten years. I mean, I know we've corresponded, but anyway. But it, well, I've got to tell you, I miss England so much. I've, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm working on some projects. Hopefully, I'll come back. And uh, I was actually talking. I've I've actually got. Whereas I can't get booked here, or I haven't tried in the right way. Although I, this morning I came up with an idea on how to get booked again here, but. Uh, it's just such a hassle, uh, and it just seems like it goes nowhere. I've actually got gigs in England that people have already sent me money to do when I get back. And I'm not kidding. And uh, I was talking to uh, an Edinburgh producer about bringing my new one-man show, Legend, um, to Edinburgh. I was doing that before the pandemic. So I'm just trying to make it financially. F- I'm not rich like I used to be. You know, I used to be very. I used to have lots of money at my disposal and I made money in England. So I had, and I had real estate money. So I had money coming in and out a lot of money so I could spend thousands of dollars, you know, and fly first class to London to stay in my Notting Hill flat to get on a train for 20 minutes and do a gig and collect a hundred pounds. So to me, (laughs) so I'm working on some projects and things to bring me back properly to England. Although I have to say this, 
I still have a plan just to go back for a month just on holiday. And I hope that we can connect. What part of England are you in? Are you in London? I'm still in London. Yeah, I'm in London. Yeah. Where, where in London? Uh, I'm in Bermondsey. So uh, near the river, quite near, no, Bermondsey, quite near the river. Not oh, yeah, Bermondsey. Yeah, but Old Kent Road, that sort of, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so, Do you have yeah. a couch? Do you have a couch? I'll pay uh, you 20 yeah, quid. Yeah, I have a couch. I have a I'll couch. pay you 20 quid. I'll cook your breakfast <laughs> and clean your toilet. Oh my God, that's more than I did, considering and um, considering I made uh, quite a lot of use of your toilet the, the night after I went to see uh, the all the Buffy stuff. I we'd had this taco. Um, I forgot the lady who's driving around. And honestly, I've never, I've never felt worse. It was literally the hell mouth for me, which the viewers from Buffy will know exactly what the hell mouth is. Well, oh, you know, God, I had it. I do. I'm sorry about that. I remember that. But you got to remember the number one uh, food attraction in Los Angeles is food poisoning. So it's just That's inevitable then. Yeah. It's not the food. It's not the food. It's the food poisoning. And they actually consciously add it to your food. The waiters used to say, would you like food poisoning with that? They don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I certainly got sucker punched. Uh, well, it's, look, this is so brilliant. We've just come, we've come into land on time. We, we've done all the tweets. Um, Steve, just hang, hang in there. When we stop streaming, we'll, we'll have a catch up. Not like that. Um, meanwhile, viewers, obviously, you can see uh, Steve's Twitter handle there, uh, Sagman. You could probably, you could maybe even drag Now Steve I have to start posting things on Twitter. Yeah, I like, haven't done Twitter in a long exactly. time. Exactly. Um, what is this worth, Twitter? All right, I'll do Twitter. Oh, good. We, we've converted people. Such a love-hate relationship we have on Twitter. Uh, under the likes column on the, well, I mean, obviously scroll through what we've retweeted in the last but week, but we've got all the tweets that uh, Steve has picked out. Uh, and also just a couple of, there's one from sports writer Jason Keane. Uh, that's from yesterday's extremely dramatic and shocking um, story about the footballer Christian Eriksen, who is fortunately... Uh, recovering and well in hospital so greetings to you um, what's he recovering from he uh, he it's a it was a heart condition and he he literally just collapsed and uh oh, it's terrible uh, yeah and well this 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 tweet is actually uh oh no it's been deleted but there must be there are it's basically the 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 game was against finland and denmark and after uh christian was taken to hospital and conscious thankfully the fans were chanting his name. So the Finland fans were chanting Christian and the Denmark fans were chanting Ericsson. And it was, you know, oh, it wow. was quite a lovely thing. Um, there'd been quite a big discussion about the footage of the incident and how people should have cut back to their studios as soon as it had happened. But this particular bit of footage, although the tweet is gone, was, was like fans coming together, basically, um, which is lovely. And I also, nice one there from Paul F. Tompkins but one of the ones that tickled me most I mean there must have been these must have been going around for years uh Amy uh, Amy is trying I've seen things you people wouldn't believe which of course is the Rutger Hauer line from Blade Runner and it's a picture of the frog being doused with water um that just tickled me so for more tweets like that please follow us uh, at LKT Zoom scrolling above my head with uh, Steve's now corrected name as well Scrolling above my head is our website, letskilltwitter.com. Uh, also the address for Buy Me A Coffee, where you can go and you can donate to the show and the guests. Uh, literally just go to Buy Me A Coffee and find the Let's Kill Twitter page. Next week at eight o'clock, uh, we've got Callie Beaton. Uh, really looking forward to speaking with Callie. Uh, it was actually 
Joan Rivers that was responsible for getting Callie into comedy. Um, Joan basically told Callie, who was age 45 at the time, it's never too late to go into comedy. And Callie took her up on that. So it's going to be good talking to her. Steve, is there anything else you want to mention before we depart? Uh, yes, I've got my uh, uh, handheld luggage in the overhead. And uh, what time do we uh, arrive? Uh, well, about Christmas time, apparently. We arrive in Christmas time. Perfect. Uh, no, I just want to say, Julian, this was great. Um, you're one. You're, you're, you're a true heart. You really are. You've, you're, you're, you're really a nice person and very, and very, very smart. And uh, appreciate our friendship very much. And uh, yeah, come on out to LA. Uh, and I'm coming back to England at some point. Uh, this was fun, and I wish yeah. you all a lot of success. I, I, you know, I have a billion things to say, but I, you know. Well, hang, hang back time. in the virtual green room and I'll stop the stream. But I didn't even pay Steve to take to say that. So thanks to those of you who've been watching. This will be available as podcast as soon as I can get that done. And we'll also be we'll also be doing clips as well. So thanks for watching, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.